Jen and Drina here with Finding Your Five. This podcast is based off the concept that you are the average of the five people you hang out most. So you want to elevate your life? Surround yourself with good people. And the individuals we are interviewing, anyone would be lucky to have in their group of five. Hey, Fivers. Welcome to another episode. This one's going to be a real treat. Be a real treat. So this episode, you guys, we are so excited about. Drina, let's tell our group what we're doing. All right, groupies. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit. So we thought it would be a great idea because we've had a lot of amazing people, obviously, on the podcast. And we thought we'd do a little, what did you call it? It was great. Continuing the conversation, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do today. And that conversation is going to be with none other than Jen and Drina. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and after this episode, if you were wondering if you wanted us in your five or not, you might have a firm answer. <laughs> either way. It could go either way. It could go either way. This is a little risky of us to do. <laughs> a little risky. So we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to give you the treasures that were not talked about in the interviews, some tools that we were advised to seek after and we're gonna it's gonna be really content driven you might want to get a pen and paper for those of you who are old school like me mm-hmm. get that phone out start taking notes we are gonna have doable takeaways today Drina. yes we are okay you know what it kind of reminds me of so you know that movie father of the bride you have dad george banks who just meets the boyfriend brian they're just gonna leave to go out for a drive or something and George keeps telling the daughter, Anne, Annie, e, <laughs> that she should put on a jacket because it's going to be cold. She's like, no, dad, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he says it again. No, it really is kind of cold. No, dad, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then the boyfriend finally says, you know, it is kind of cold outside. You might want a jacket. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, OK, I'll put it on. Yes. And then they go off. Right. So I don't know if that's a very good analogy, but that's the one I thought of. So we're going to go with it. So you hear people talk about, you know, self-improvement and they talk about ways to better yourself and get all these buzzwords. And I mean, our guests are awesome Uh and they have very unique, unique takes. But I feel like we've had these guests that take something that we hear all the time, but they put a twist on it. Uh And so it makes it applicable Mm -hmm. and and it's doable, like Uh you talked about. And it kind of, it resonates differently with you. Makes you want to put on your jacket. It does. Your emotional jacket, your intellectual jacket, all of it. Wow. Way to take it that way. Way to go. So um, even though I've heard all these things before, just some of the takeaways I got um, have a different twist to it. Stay tuned for that. So get ready to put on that jacket, you guys, with information we have for you. Listen up. Okay. We're going back in the archives, guys. Do you remember Austin Miller? The ep- first episode? After our intro. Mm-hmm. Stick it to the statistic. statistics. <laughs> Stick it to the statistics. <laughs> oh, that is kind of hard to say. She's like, I will show you, Jen. It's Ooh, hard. That is hard. Okay, stick it to the statistics. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go for it. But he mentions a book. You guys, this book is just filled with treasure after treasure after treasure. It's called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. She's referred to as the human behavior hacker. It's another twisty, hard one to say. 
getting all flustered here. <laughs> and she basically does science-based, these science-based studies and talks about like how to build connections with people. And she has all these hacks. She has chapters like how to be the most memorable person in the room to how to crack someone's personality. Mm-hmm. So good. So I'm going to talk about three things from her book today. And they're doable takeaways. Okay. You ready, Drina? I'm ready. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is how she talks about cracking people's personality. And why this is so key is because I think that we look at people through our own personal lens and personality. And so even when we try to be really helpful or accommodating, we're still doing it from a place of like, this is what I would appreciate Mm -hmm. versus really cracking like what their personality is. And it may not line up to how we would approach things. Correct. Correct. So you agree? Mm -hmm. You'll allow it? I'll allow it. Thank you. So if you know someone's personality type, then you can kind of change your lens and have a more beneficial working relationship professionally, personally, all the things. So this is a personality type five-factor model that's been around for a while. You remember it by Ocean. And N is for neuroticism, which I don't love that one because I'm high in that. And that name sounds... How do you know if you're high in that? Because I've read the book and I'm an expert now, Drina. (laughs) Pretty much anyone who meets me for the first time knows I'm high in that. So let's talk these different personalities. The theory is you're high or low in each one. Okay. We're going to work with you on this, Drina. Drina, openness. This talks about how you deal with new ideas. And so high enjoys change and adventure. Low is more about traditions habits. C, conscientiousness is basically how you get things done. So high would be like to-do lists, details. Low is you're more about big ideas. Um, You might actually find lists overwhelming. Which one do you think you are in that? Right in the middle? Right in the... No, high or low, (laughs) Drina. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, middle is an option. I've just been told. I'm just kidding. I choose middle. Middle. Okay. And Are you going to say what you are? This isn't about me so much. It's about me being a facilitator for the journey you are all on right now. So, All right. I'll put on the jacket. (laughs) Put on the jacket. Okay. E, extroversion. If This one we've heard a lot, extroverts versus introverts. But Mm -hmm. if you're high as an extrovert, um, you get energy from being with other people. If you're low, you obviously crave alone time. A, for agreeableness, if you're high, you are easy to get along with. Okay, it sounds like you want to be high on this. I don't know. Empathetic. If you're low, you're more analytical, practical. So, wow. Okay, so N is neuroticism, which I don't love the name for it, but basically how you approach worry. So if you're high on this, mood swings, um, you're a worrier. I don't know what the benefit is being high on this one. but And if you're low, little mood fluctuation, calm, stable. I'm high on neurotic, guys. I'm pretty much a hot air balloon on that one. <laughs> but why did you come up with a better name? Like, why do you have to so be much going on? It's amazing how you handle it all. Yeah. Course byproduct you'd worry. Something like that. I don't know. All right. So when you're trying to figure out what people are, you can ask some questions. And she asked her boss, like, what were your most recent vacations? And, you know, whether he liked change and all this stuff. And what was really cool about what she did is by figuring out that he was low on extrovert and that he preferred to brainstorm alone she would like send him her ideas before the staff meeting 
And so he would have a chance to look at it by, by himself. And then look who got top priority. Look who he answered first. Her, Vanessa. Vanessa, because she, I'm acting like first name basis, like she's my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I want her to be. Okay, so then Vanessa, he answered first. And so she took these little personality types and hacks and worked it to her advantage. And I think you see that all the time with people. Like, I'm a chit-chatter. I know people in the neighborhood sometimes like look away and don't make eye contact. And if I decoded their personality better, then maybe <laughs> he wouldn't have to avoid me. Or she. Let's not call people out. So, huh. So I think if you, and it's really fun, like exercise, you guys. It's been fun to chat with the husband and be like, okay, this person who I can't, who doesn't love me, let's decode their personality. Maybe what I'm doing, stressing them out. And she goes on to tell another story how she was checking in with one of her employees a lot, trying to be super helpful, but it made her employee totally stressed out. I mean, I think we need to kind of communicate regardless what personality type we are, but sometimes a different approach would be better. And if you kind of can decode them, and she's able to decode people like really quickly by just a few minutes. So it's kind of cool. So personality types. Okay, that's interesting. But then in one of her chapters, she talks about authenticity. So she talks about how people rate what bugs you most about people and not being authentic was right top annoyance, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you're going up to somebody and you're trying to do something through a lens that would please them, right? but it's not natural to you, right. are they going to read that and be like, you're being fake with me? Well, I think you bring up a great point. The way my, my interpretation of it, Drina, and I wish we could have her on. Shout out if you're listening. Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> if, if we could have her on, like I would love to ask her, but my takeaway is more that you, the inauthenticity is more when you're not being your personality, but how you maybe execute on certain things changes. She's not changing who she is just because she gives the boss her ideas before the meeting. But if she changed who her, what her ideas were, then I think that's where it's inauthentic. Like if you notice that your husband is an extrovert and you're an introvert, I don't think that means that all of a sudden you have to be an extrovert and want to go out to parties every weekend, but you could help accommodate that need by saying, okay, like I realized you don't want to be home all weekend. Let's compromise. Or why don't you have a boy's night and I'll have my alone time. And so I think it's more like how you serve them versus really changing your personality. That's good. I'll wear that jacket. So like taking it back to the guy in the neighborhood who never wants to talk to me, I don't look at it like, okay, I'm going to all of a sudden, you know, go take a vow of silence. But maybe I just don't talk to him as much. Because maybe it's a wave or a nod. It's a wave. Yeah. How, how you doing, but not saying Maybe how I doing. do a vow of silence, like a name tag and say, I would love to talk to you when you are in the mood. Okay, never. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> you're an introvert? No, you're not? Oh, um. <laughs> it's just me. I see you talking to everybody else. <laughs> Trina and I, why don't you tell one of your treasures? So with Mike Morgan, the therapist, he talked a lot about... <laughs> Seinfeld and I watched an episode. Were I you did. happier? Um, I just don't get the hype. I'm sorry. I don't get it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry, Mike. We just lost all of our listeners. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I just don't know if there's anything funnier than Ross going up the stairs with his couch and saying, pivot, <laughs> pivot. <laughs> or Ross wearing leather pants for oh his resolution. Oh my gosh. That one's one of my favorites. We need to have Mike With back on and, and make our make our arguments. We should. 
But I do think with what he said, though, there's something about laughing and comedy that like takes off the edge. It's like an emotion of like release. So it is good when you're. It does. It's true. Whether it's Seinfeld or not, you find your Seinfeld, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make that about I've every time. The I jacket. Just... You find your emotional jacket. You find your Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. So we had Mike Morgan, the therapist, on, and we were talking about children that are being difficult. And if, was it a time when school was just starting? And I have a child <laughs> who was not loving the idea of going back to school. And I get it with the masks and the things, everything happening, everything crazy that's happening. All the things is <laughs> how you say that. <laughs> everything that's happening. <laughs> we have Steve Finch here joining in the conversation. This is Drina's husband, guys. Um and he was just having a really hard time. He would miss school. He missed, gosh, how many days did he miss? He missed probably the first two weeks Yeah. of school. Yeah. And it, he was just, he wouldn't have anything to he do went, with it. He went a couple of times and then he just like refused to go. Mm-hmm. He's in second grade. I don't know what it was. I still don't really know. He didn't have any West. friends in his class. That's Different teacher. Not as many friends. Some of his friends were homeschooling that this year, so that was bugging him. All the things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so one of the questions was how to help a kid who doesn't want to go to school go to school. And it was, was that from your one question of, then? It wasn't even it? my question. <laughs> it was one of our listeners' questions. I'm like, perfect. I get a piggyback off of this. So he talked about how you need to have boundaries, but the boundaries should be flexible. And so I took that to heart. And the next time we had school that morning, I said, okay, it's really important that we go to school. Dad has a job. Mom has a job. Your job is to go to school. Would you like to go after lunch? Or would you like to go now and then come home after lunch? So we thought about it. I said, okay, I'll go at this time, but you have to stand by the door for like 20 minutes done let's do it so I would stand how long did that last like two weeks again I would have to stand by his classroom door <sighs> mother of the year Drina wow for two weeks just or for 20 minutes and just stand there so he could look back and still see me at the door for 20 minutes I kept my word and then he was fine and then after about two weeks I went in to go stand by the door and he's like it's okay mom oh and I went home and I thought Mike Morgan, you're a genius. There. Yeah, like look at you <laughs> taking his words and then making your own. Yeah. Out of it. Like what Flexible to do. Flexible boundaries. I get it now. I get it. It's a great takeaway. Thank you. So that was a personal one. I'll have to come back until you guys decoded someone's personality. Okay. So the next tech- takeaway, we're going back to Captivate, is ask how you ask questions from people, you guys. I loved this. This was so what? interesting. Yeah. I didn't get to this chapter. So, Drina, <laughs> when you ask for something, mm-hmm. like, do you usually give a reason behind it or do you just ask? Like, if you're saying, hey, can I borrow some sugar, Jen? Do you ask or do you say, hey, Jen, can I borrow some sugar because you owe me because you borrowed this, this, and this from me and you've never paid me back? <laughs> which one Which one feels more right? Which one do you do? The first one. So you don't usually give a reason? More, I, maybe I give more of a... I'll probably say something like, hey, can I get some sugar? I was at a store and I totally forgot to get it. Like, I'll give a So that's kind of a reason. Excuse. You, you qualify. I qualify it. 
let me tell you about this study. This was super interesting, you guys. Okay. Don't let the word study make you. Don't let that your... buzzword get to you. <laughs> Just yeah, don't. Don't hit the snooze on this one. All right. This study indicates whether you should give a reason or not. And I thought this was really interesting. So a psychologist in 1977, he did a study and there were people and he had a researcher implement this whole like asking questions and asking a favor. So they were in line at the copier. And the first time the researcher comes up to the line and says, hey, can I cut to make copies? Then the second time they do this again. And the subject goes and says, hey, can I make copies because I am in a hurry? I'm late or I'm in a rush, something like that. And then the third time the subject comes back in and says, hey, can I cut you to make copies because I have to make copies? So the first time was just a request. The second time was a request with a logical reason. And the third time was a request with like, obviously, the reason was lame. And what they found was the person who did the request with no reason 60% of the people said, sure, cut me. Because we don't want to be jerks, even though we're like, what the heck, right? So the second person who did the logical, though, was 94% effective of people letting him. But the person who did the silly reason, like, hey, can I cut you? Because I just need to make copies, which, duh, everyone needed to make copies, 93%. So there was only a 1% difference between the logical reason, you guys, and the ridiculous reason. What? So what that says is it's not so much about the reason, but the fact that we have a reason, that we give a reason. And basically, she says that we as people are um, purpose driven. Um, We believe that there needs to be reasons behind things. And so everything we do, like how do leaders inspire people is because they get an emotional buy in. And so when we explain reasons, we get partial ownership into it like we get a buy-in you know so for example Mm -hmm. if someone says to you and this is an example in the book hey can you help me with my resume maybe you'll help them but you're not like having that emotional buy-in but if someone says hey drina can you help me with my resume because i want to move out of my parents house i don't live in my parents house this is the reason in the book but i want to get out of my parents house and you know all the things you now have an emotional buy-in so when you ask for things from people Think about, are you giving them a reason? Are you giving them, are you inviting them to have an emotional buy-in, you guys? I do buy into this idea that if people don't have an emotional buy-in, though, they won't execute, like, as quickly, whether it's in service capacities or in jobs. If they're not, like, buying in on what their supervisor is asking or whatever, they may do it because they have to, but there's going to be definite, like, reluctance, and it probably won't be the first task on their list. That's from me, not from her, but that's... Like my takeaway. Next up, next takeaway. Go ahead, Gina. So here's another, here's a takeaway I had, and it was from one of our most recent guests, Tara Bilek. And she is a fitness guru, nutritionist. And to be honest, I was like, oh, I'm just going to hear the same things I hear from all these other people on Instagram that I follow about nutrition and exercise and I just heard it all before guys but just like the whole father father of the bride thing she said things in a way that struck a chord with me and it it got me excited a little bit about she talked about how uh, you don't take away traditions but you not replace them but add something to them instead of just taking I'm not explaining you modify them 
Thank you. You think about what the objective of the tradition is and you still reach it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in a way that's like bad for your body or whatever. Right. And that was one of the things, because with my family, it's all about food. We have to have food around us. We eat a lot. (laughs) (laughs) If there's ever an event, there has to be food there. And so, and I know that with some people, they have people that are just very, very strict about their diet. Yeah. And they miss out on all these family traditions because they can't be a part of it because of what they're they're eating and what so with Tara she talked about how you should still be part of the tradition but like you said you modify them so you go to that birthday party but you eat before so you don't eat the cupcakes or you go to the birthday party but you have uh, maybe they're offering popcorn and you just eat the popcorn and not the cake you know or Saturday morning breakfasts aren't bad pancakes they're like healthy pancakes or yeah she does I like that she talked about how it's good to have the traditions, but you can modify them. That gave me a little more peace of mind. Also, she talked about how you need to protect your environment. And I don't know what it was about that that struck a chord. I don't know. But she talked about how you need to protect the environment that is healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And piggybacking off of that, I think that um, in that book, Peak Persistence, that David Snow Um, wrote he said an interesting thing that I think kind of goes along with protecting your environment he talks about how our brain our amygdala the part of our brain is um, kind of the part of the brain that keeps us in survival which is good but a byproduct of that is that our brain is also that part of our brain is negative and so negativity is kind of a very natural component of our brains Mm -hmm. and so if you aren't choosing to be positive your default is going to be being negative and then they talk about the people you surround yourself with in this book and so I think with the environment thing because negativity is a default mode of our brains protecting our environment like news feeds when she talked about listening to the news and and the people and everything you need to do things that are going to motivate you to have a better outlook because your brain is already kind of wired to be negative it's like a safe haven for your brain or something Mm -hmm. The last thing from Captivate that was a takeaway I wanted to share with you guys is that this kind of piggybacks off of something that Mike Morgan, the therapist, said, and you talked about him a little bit, as he talked about that basically being just listening seems like underrated. Being a good listener is a big deal. It's super helpful. And in her book, she validates that point. She, you'll find this interesting, Drina, because I connected to this. She used to like interrupt people all the time. Guys, I'm a big interrupter. <laughs> like I interrupt every second. And the thing that she said why she interrupts is because she hated like the lull of silence. Like, and that stresses me out to no end. Mm-hmm. Like nails on a chalkboard, you guys, when GIF is on like a work call or with a colleague or with Steve and they're like, on the phone and I'm, oh my gosh and there's the pause like yes. the longest pause and we're in the car and I can hear the conversation oh my gosh. and they're like well mm-hmm, yep and it's just like quiet and I'm like someone say okay it's time to go by like I literally <laughs> feel like I need to hang up the phone because I can't handle the silence sitting uh-huh. and it stresses me out to no end and so she realized with her that she did not like silence and that's why she was interrupting and so she took a vow of silence which would maybe be the death of me and she said she's going to be quiet until she is comfortable with the silence and so she went to a networking event and she had 
a sign on her and it was basically saying that she was taking this silence but she had like a question on it I don't remember exactly the exact way she said it but basically like I want to hear about you and she was nervous because it's a networking event you know you're supposed to chat it up and she was quiet these people came away with such good connections with her one lady joined one of her courses and was just like I was just thinking about our conversation we should go to lunch felt so connected to her because she listened she listened to them and she said that she said in her book, I can't remember if this was her stat or when she referenced from someone, but 30 to 40% of the output, the verbal output is about self-disclosure. People love to talk about themselves. And so the general thing is the best, she says, the best conversations are not what you say, but what you hear. And she connected better with those people by not saying anything and not trying to think about what's the next thing to say. People want to be heard. People like to talk about themselves. And she had a lady sign up for her course saying she thought about, she was thinking about that conversation and yet she didn't say anything. Better connections during her vow of silence than when she was talking. I think that's why Giff and I have so many moments of silence when we talk. It's just because (laughs) we're such good listeners. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to fill the silence. So chew on that, you guys. Like... It's more about the listening. So anyway, those were the takeaways. And I think a greater takeaway I've had, Drina, from like listening to all these guests, a takeaway I've had is that people are kind. People are generous, like to come on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So nice. But also that, you know, you may, I may not ever be like walking away from a million dollar deal like one of our guests. But if I put into practice the strategies she talked about, or the strategies that Tara, our last guest, talked about, I'm going to have success in my own path. It may look different, but I'm going to have like the best success that's like meant for me. It'll be a $10 million deal. <laughs> and it will be a $10 million deal. Thank you, Steve. And I won't walk away. <laughs> and I won't walk away from it. So the five treasures, you guys, learn the personality types. Try to decode and see how you can better um, work with individuals that you know, whether it's from a personal yeah. basis or a professional basis. Yep. Study the ocean. And so just maybe get the book. It's amazing. Two, Drina, what was yours? Number dose was have boundaries, but let them be flexible boundaries. Good. Number three, when you ask a question, let's give a reason. Let's get that emotional buy-in. Number four was don't take away traditions, just modify them. Good. And number five, listening is underrated. It's an important skill. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) The best conversations are not what you say, but what you hear. And so maybe say a little less and listen a little more. Like, share, subscribe. And if we hit 10 reviews this week, Trina's going to (laughs) sing. Trina, will you sing? Because it would mean so much to me. Oh, wow. I am emotionally invested. Yes, I will. (laughs) I'll do anything for you, Jen. Thanks. I don't even need your because. Thank you. That's that's the friend you want to have in your five. We love you, Fivers. Have a great week. 